It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to another edition of the PHNX Feedbacks Podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, formerly known as your mayor of PHNX. Uh, this guy next to me, Justin Friedman, he is still your vice mayor, and he is your thunderstick. And we have some very exciting uh, news, or I guess interviews, people joining us today. It's a delightful episode. We have a delightful interview with Corbin Carroll. And, and speaking of delightful, uh, we have Stefan and Chris Carey <laughs> from the Amarillo Sod Poodles joining us. Uh, guys, welcome on in. Thanks for coming by. We always appreciate uh getting to know a little bit more about the sod poodles from you two uh, we're so happy to be here we're also happy that we got to go first before corbin that would be a really tough act to follow i imagine Correct. it would be something like queen coming out and then a queen cover band trying to follow him but the only <laughs> difference is we have almost no athletic ability so yeah. there would be nothing <laughs> correct uh, but we're so happy to be on the show thanks for having us again yeah, i wasn't guys, i wasn't going to do that to you guys i wasn't going to have you come on after corbin i knew that's a hard uh hard act to follow but uh, you guys did kind of talk to us first about how good Corbin Carroll was. You guys got a chance to see him in Amarillo, and obviously, uh, there he's kind of even uh, outlived out, outlived your projections, or at least uh, all the kind things you guys had to say about him. But are you surprised, uh, having covered him and having known him, uh, that he is having this success at a major league level this quickly? Not even in the slightest, Derek. I mean, you know, Stephen and I are. <laughs> our hyperbolic sense of speech. Uh, and we said on the record last year, he may be the greatest player that we've ever seen with our own two eyes. And uh, right now, I mean, he's taking the league by storm. He's doing everything right. He's working incredibly hard, playing every single day, a variety of different positions, bouncing all over the order. Now he's in the two or three hole and still finding immense success. And by the way, that sneaky pop that we were talking about is showing itself fully here in 2023 with those 14 jacks already and we're not even halfway through the season yet man we we are even surprised by that i think we thought we would see him do a lot of the things the stolen bases the speed on the base path the defense but you're absolutely right the power that he's shown has been fairly impressive and i you know again not not to take anything away from our minor league you know franchises and our teams but sometimes even when they do show pop at a minor league level in some place like hodgetown it's you you can't really believe that it's real until you see it at a major league level, I feel like. I think with Corbin in particular, it doesn't matter where he hits. He's going to find the chink in the armor against whoever's pitching, against whatever team he's playing. That's the type of baseball player that Corbin is. He's a true student of the game. I mean, we could tell you that every time we were on the road with him, some guys would go out, they'd blow, blow off some steam, they'd go take a night on the town. They'd ask Corbin every single time, hey, do you want to come out? Nope, got to focus on baseball, got to go study. 
got to go do the things that are going to help me get to the next level. That's the type of player Corbin Carroll is, and that's why so much success is translating for him at the next level. Speaking of uh, exciting young players in the Diamondbacks organization, I know one uh, one Jordan Lawler has taken a significant step forward for you guys down in Double A. Uh, the Amarillo Sod Poodles are the hottest team in Double A baseball, arguably right now. <laughs> you guys have won uh, seven consecutive games at this point. I know Jordan Lawler has been a huge part of the success that the team is having. Uh, what have you seen from Lawler this season that has helped him turn things around? I mean, his his total ability to just focus on the game at hand has been something that's been a breath of fresh air. Remember, he's 20 years old, and this guy is playing like he's 25. I mean, he's starting to play like a perennial all-star. He's playing like the first-round draft pick that they picked him at a couple years ago. Now, this seven-game streak is unprecedented. It's the longest streak, winning streak in our team's history. Uh, on that streak, Jordan Lawler has a seven-game hitting streak. He's boosted his average by, what, 80, 90 points over the last three years? <laughs> yeah. He's right around 250 and right back in the fold is one of the best players in the Texas League, one of the best players in all the minor leagues. Uh, he struggled early on, though. Do you, what did you guys attribute his early struggles to at the dish, at least, uh, as far as his offense went? Well, we saw him right at the Mendoza line towards the end of the year in his first dip of the toe of, in the water of double-A, I should say, last year. Uh, this season, I think things st sort of were a little bit too fast for him in the beginning. Uh, he was struggling to pick up the breaking ball at the bottom of the zone, but he was really working. I, there were so many nights where we would see Jordan get in the cages late with Termel Sledge on off days on Mondays when the coaching staff and we would be invited by some fans over for dinner. Sledge, the hitting coach for us, wouldn't be there because he was helping Jordan get extra swings in. So I asked Jordan in San Antonio in the middle of our really, really tough stretch, a two-week road trip where we at one point were nine games below 500. That was before the turning point a couple weeks ago. Has this been the biggest struggle of your career? And he said, well, it's definitely been the longest struggle of my career. And he said, have you been frustrated about it? He said, no, I mean, it's just part of, part of the game. And for him to be 20 years old and saying that shows a lot of maturity and shows that he's going to be successful in the game of baseball for a long, long time. Yeah, I imagine for Jordan, I mean, this is basically the first time potentially that he's really struggled all that much uh, in, his, in his baseball career. And we heard from D-backs GM Mike Hazen a few weeks ago talking about this and how he felt it was important that Jordan go through, you know, an, an experience like this, facing some adversity, something he hasn't really dealt with up to this point. Uh, switching gears to the defensive side of the ball, uh, that was sort of a, a big thing for Jordan last year. I know, especially during his time in, in Visalia early in the season, there were some concerns with the number of errors that he was making. Sounds from what we've heard uh, that his defense has really taken a big step forward. Yeah, I mean, it's night and day, guys. I mean, he's not just walking in double A. He's jumping. He's sprinting. He's doing everything the right way. I mean, his positioning, his first step to the ball is so perfect. He's like a tactician when he's at the plate and then defensively he looks so fluid and smooth sometimes uh, earlier in the season uh, that second hop on the weird in between hop the tweeners he would have a tough time he's seemingly figured that out deciding to charge in on the ball he seems to read the runners really well um, on the bases as well knowing exactly when to dial up his throws when to measure it back it's always accurate I think right now he's turning himself into a premium quality shortstop and that's what he's been trying to do and he looks totally different this year than the back end of last year when we saw him for the first time in double-A. Yeah, I'll be the first to say that we had Blaze Alexander virtually the whole season last season, and I didn't imagine there was going to be a better shortstop in this system. 
It remains clean, right? We've seen how good Blaze is. We've seen the strength of his arm. We know he's got years of experience on Jordan at this point, and he's already a triple-A. Jordan's issue at the beginning of the season and at points last season, I think, was a footwork thing. He wasn't taking the best routes to the baseball, and because of that, runners were beating out throws. He wasn't getting to some plays that maybe with his athleticism he should have. But to Chris's point, he's really made the necessary adjustments defensively. I know some scouts have thrown out the idea of him maybe playing center field in the future. He looks like Xander Bogarts to me, guys, right now. That's kind of the comparison that I have for him. I think if he continues to hit the way that we know he can and continues to use that strong arm and make nice plays in the hole, he's going to be another very talented shortstop in the NL West in years to come. I guess the big question is, as far as his progression goes, do you think that we here in Arizona have a chance to see him added to the major league roster this year uh, and make his major league debut? Or do you think that that's going to be something with maybe the success this team is having right now that might be put off until next season? You never, ever know. You know, Corbin Carroll was supposed to start in high A last year, started in double A, and then after about three and a half months, went to triple A Reno a month and some change after that was a major leaguer. Now, a couple of things have to happen for him to be put on the 40-man. I think the trade deadline is going to be an illuminating point of time, the Diamondbacks' success and what they're going to do. I think they have a whole boatload of capital they can send in multiple different directions to get what they need to really go for it in the playoffs. If that happens, I think spots open up, and I think Jordan is a worthy candidate, uh, along with a couple of other people on not only the Sop Poodles but in AAA, like Dominic Canzone, um, that could be put on the 40-man roster. But Jordan... Never say no, never, like we said. It's it's going to be a really fun finish to the season. And even if Jordan stays in double-A all year, he's going to produce a lot and he's going to grow a lot from his experiences here and maybe even in Reno. We've talked a bit about how Corbin Carroll was with you guys in, in Amarillo at this time last year. So uh, things can happen fast, but also Corbin Carroll is a bit of an extraordinary guy. So I don't want to like constantly be trying to put people on uh, his same his same path as far <laughs> as how fast he got here. Well, it's, it's definitely a difficult thing. Um, Lawler, in particular, isn't Corbin, and everybody knows that. Corbin is a freak of nature considering his size and his athletic ability. Lawler has every physical attribute that you could possibly want in a baseball player. He's yeah. a beast. He's, he is a beast. When he's running, he's got the speed. He's got the talent. He's got the build. He's got the muscle. He's got everything. And not to say that Corbin doesn't. He was a little bit undersized. But I read Jesse's stat today. What his ISO is is well above anybody in the history of the game uh, for somebody his size. It's so crazy. He's something that's totally unprecedented. Uh, but to to go back to your question about whether Lawler's coming up at the end of the year, I think the Diamondbacks throughout Major League Baseball and throughout minor league systems have been known to quote rush their prospects. I don't know if rush is the best word when you look at Corbin in particular and their number one prospects. Yeah, yeah. How well they stand out. They want to get those guys up to the major leagues and allow them to succeed or fail and then adjust from that point on. Another guy who's who's really made some noise for you guys down in double A this year is Ryan Bliss, a guy we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, seems to be a, a pretty nice double play combo uh, that you got going there in, in the <laughs> middle of the diamond with Jordan Lawler and Ryan Bliss. Uh, of course, with Bliss, it's you know, the defense has always been spectacular. And the question has really just been about the bat. Uh, and you know, I, I know it's Amarillo. I know it's a hitter friendly environment, but, uh, anytime you have a guy hitting 365, you know, well into June, uh, you know, it's a pretty solid offensive season that you're having. What have you guys seen from Ryan bliss this year? I haven't seen anything like it, Jesse. I'm talking to our roommate and also 
our video guy, he's going to be a GM one day. His name's Jake Shealy, works in the Diamondbacks organization. He says, you can't count a guy out until after his second full pro season. Now, Ryan Bliss is in his second full pro season. He was hitting 214 in High A Hillsboro last year. Now, 365, back-to-back Player of the Month awards yeah. in the this league. I mean, it's unprecedented. He's hitting everything, fastballs especially, and he's been a hallmark at the leadoff spot for the Saab Poodles. We know uh, Seth Beers obviously had a rough season, but he became somewhat of a, a folk hero around here last year <laughs> with his opening day walk-off home run. On uh, National Beer Day. On National Beer Day. You just can't write it any better, <laughs> but uh, he now finds himself in double A, and, and he's hitting 400 in June, so we just wanted to get an update on, on our guy, Seth Cerveza, and see how he's looked. Wow. I mean, he has been, I think, the biggest key to Amarillo's success this season. Him joining our order and providing left-handed power in the cleanup spot has allowed other hitters to move down in the order to less or lower leverage spots where there aren't going to be as many runners in scoring position. There isn't going to be much pressure. Seth's hitting 333 on the season, as he should. He's a former big leaguer. But what we've seen is better bat speed. He's getting to the ball quicker. He's not striking out as much. Hitting to the opposite field, I think, has been the biggest key to his success this season. Almost every time he gets up to the plate, there's somebody in scoring position. And more often than not, he's driving them in. Seth said when he was in San Antonio that he was going to hit his way back to the Diamondbacks. He's doing just that. We'd like to see the power come out a little bit more, especially at Hodgetown. But he's got a big week and a big series to try and prove that he can do it against the San Antonio Missions. Over the last few years, one of the uh, pitchers' names that has floated around a lot is, is Connor Grammis, a guy who has had insane stuff from what I've heard. I've never seen him pitch in person, but it sounds like from a stuff standpoint, he was major league ready like two or three years ago. Uh, he's, he's faced through some, he's gone through some injuries. And I think the command has always been uh, a bit of a question for him, but he's made his way up to double a this season. Uh, seems to have had some success. I know that there may be a few more walks than you would like, but it seems like his stuff is, is absolutely playing at the double a level so far. Well, listen, guys, walks are going to happen, especially in Amarillo, especially when you're trying to pitch around guys. But Connor Grammis has been fantastic. I mean, we didn't know what to expect. He actually debuted in San Antonio. The first game that he played, he picked up a win or a save. I'm pretty sure it was a win for Grammis. And now he's, you know, around the twos in ERA. He's throwing 98, 97 miles an hour with his fastball. But the pitch to look at is his power curve. It's 84 to 86. It has a lot of depth, a lot of spin, and is forcing a lot of swing and miss. And he looks like possibly an eighth inning setup man or even a closer at the next level. Remember, he's 25 years old, so he may be a fast track guy. But they're going to you know, cycle him back into playing in double A and possibly triple A because of the Tommy John surgery that he, he got you know, a year or two ago. There's some flamethrowers in this system, too. You think about Martinez yeah. and Rainbow. You think about Bramis here. And there's more than just that. Uh, the, the bullpen, especially at Hodgetown, has been phenomenal for Amarillo. Over their last 27 in the third innings pitch, that's the last seven games total. They've given up five total runs. That's a 1.67 ERA. There's a lot to be really happy about and really excited about because we know, we've seen the memes that you guys post out on PHNX Sports. The bullpen. The bullpen. With <laughs> Correct. They need a little bit of help. They need some, some stability. And I think there's some in the system, too. So they may not be too hasty to trade for relievers this season because there are a lot waiting in the wings. You guys should be really excited about Connor Grammis and others that are coming up through the system. We are very excited. And I think, honestly, the way the Diamondback system has worked out so far, it makes it, it even makes this trade deadline that's looming in, uh, on August 1st 
interesting because at times we know we know this minor league system so well that it does uh, it does make us uh, a bit hesitant for them to trade away future pieces of this team to possibly start <laughs> winning now when that probably wasn't the game plan at the start of the season. So regardless of the success of this team, we love our minor leaguers. We don't want to see them jeopardize, you know, what what the future of this team could be because there are a lot of good players in their system. I think the D-backs could trade for Shohei Otani and people would be like kind of happy, but they'd be really devastated at whoever they yeah. had to trade. Oh, yeah. in Especially or, in if it was like a Jordan him. Lawler or somebody oh, like that. Absolutely. We're not even we're not even we're not even <laughs> discussing that. But I did want to ask you guys, uh, you have three calf fries nights under your belt now. Uh, what's the what's the reception? <laughs> of the greatest name in minor league baseball uh, as far as the fans go and, and, and everybody there in Hodgetown. Oh, I thought you were going to ask about the reception of the actual calf fries when you eat them. I was going to respond, oh. chewy, a little tough. But oh, my same, God. Uh, this this <laughs> has been incredibly tough in those games. They've been tough outs. They've hit the ball really well. The fans have grappled onto it. Our creative team's done a great job, and uh, tickets are flying all over the place. That's I'm awesome. excited to see them uh, come again tomorrow. On Thursday night, the calf fries, I think, third or fourth time that they'll uh, show up to Hodgetown this year. Well, and Chris made a really good point about the identity of this team. We know that you guys have called the Diamondbacks the answer backs. And in that same vein, our team is a big comeback team as well. I don't know if you saw a couple weeks ago we were playing yeah. Frisco. Down, down by six runs, came back, walked it off. Next day, down by seven, Jordan Lawler comes up, walks it off uh, in the 10th inning. Yes. So we have coined our group, because we're in double-A, the adolescent answerbacks. They're not Let's go. The <laughs> adolescent answerbacks. So that's what we have going on in Amarillo. And we love alliteration. Well, wait one second. You love alliteration. There's one more thing. You never know what you're going to get at a Stoppitals game. A lot of the time you get late-inning responses. And as my dad always says on the air, it's almost become a cliche in our broadcast. They may not always give you a start, but they'll give you a finish. So they're not only the adolescent answerbacks. But they're the pulmonary poodles as well. Oh, the oh pulmonary poodles for sure. I love this. I love this. I love this so much. Uh, we might have to. We might have to get answer backs on a shirt, Jesse. We might. That might yeah, that might, might be something we get out there, and maybe we'll uh, get you to a couple of those shirts once they drop. But uh, guys, we thank you so much for joining us. We always uh, love having you on, and you always provide a tremendous amount of insight about the youngsters in the uh, minor league organization. Well, we can't wait to see you guys again soon. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, yes, guys, you thank you. Job and just can't wait to see what you guys do next. Hopefully the D-backs uh, keep the good times rolling. If you ever need anything, you know where to find us. We appreciate it, guys. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much. Well, they're just absolutely delightful. And they like uh, Michael says, when are Derek and Jesse doing a road trip to Amarillo? Not soon enough. Not th The answer is not soon we, enough. Conversations have been had. Yeah, conversations have been had. It's going to happen eventually, hopefully. Yeah. We're, we're gonna, gonna make it. We're gonna, we're gonna, gonna make, make it down it there. Yeah, Hodgetown's a wonderful place to watch Should the baseball. We do the big Texan, big Texan steak challenge while we're there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, what's we're doing the. the uh, what's the big Texan steak? Hit them with it. I gotta look up exact details, but it's a. It's am just I gonna, a huge... Am I gonna regret everything? You are is gonna that, regret everything. Uh, but in the in the meantime, <laughs> I want to thank all of you guys for stopping by for that interview with these guys. Uh, thank you for being here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, do so. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever any of these wonderful shows on this network go live. Uh, and leave us a thumbs up. We always appreciate that. It makes us feel good about ourselves. Warm feeling in my tummy. Uh, but also, if you're listening on your audio podcast side, we appreciate if you subscribe there as well. Leave us a review. We always appreciate that feedback. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, grab yourself a PHNX Die Hards membership. 
today. You can go to gophnx.com. Not only will you get a free voucher from Mountain Mike's Pizza right away, you get a free piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com. You also get 20% off all future purchases. You will get a Dobson Ranch Ranch card. You will get access to our members-only Discord lounge, Jesse's newsletter, full count, and so much more, including uh, discounts with our partners, uh, members-only merchandise, members-only invites to events, and so much more. Uh, so grab that membership today. Big thanks to our friends at Pins and Aces. Again, that was one of our uh, big events that we had. That was an absolute blast. Jesse was out there working a golf hole and everything, so uh, he had a good time, and we always well, enjoyed. I was, I was until uh, until Leah and Damon told me to scram. They told they you got here. Me. Yeah, I was hurt. Beat it, nerd. Beat it, beat it, nerd. <laughs> uh, but Jesse looked good in the Pins and Aces so much stuff. Abuse he does. He really does. Uh, I will protect you. I promise. <laughs> but uh, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel, a partner of PHNX and All City. Check out our friends over at Big Drive Energy, wherever you get your golf podcasts at. And, of course, we love our Pins and Aces gear, including our custom uh, Phoenix shirt, which, honestly, is just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my whole life. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even beer sleeves. You can check out PinsandAces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's PinsandAces.com. Also, you got the shirt, you got the apparel, get yourself some sunglasses. If you live here in Arizona or anywhere else that it's sunny, get gear built to last from our friends at Shady Rays. It's an independent sunglasses company with a world-class product and a world-class replacement policy. It's the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lo lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Check out their entire collection at their brand new location at Kierlin Commons, a full stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop online or in person. Their team always has your back exclusively for our listeners. Shady Ray is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Michael says it's a 72-ounce steak. Is that oh, right? So, yeah, it's a 72-ounce <laughs> steak dinner challenge. You have uh, one hour to complete it. You have to get everything down. It includes a shrimp cocktail, a baked potato, a salad, a roll, butter, and, of a course, cocktail. your 72-ounce steak. That's so goddamn excessive. Why does what's, it have to come with a shrimp cocktail? What's, like, the, like the standard steak size? Like a 9-ounce? 12. 12-ounce? 12 yeah, 8 12. to 12. Yeah. So this is, this is, like six to eight times as yeah. much steak as yeah. like a normal serving yeah. on top of like every side dish. So you have an hour or it's imagine. 70 and here's, here's the real trick, oh, wow. right? Okay. Like you would think, all right, I'm not going to eat that day. So I'm going to be really extra hungry, but your stomach is like a balloon and it shrinks down if you don't eat. And then you're not going to have all the space for 72 ounces of steak and a shrimp cocktail. I don't know. I think that's a I bad idea. I think my stomach at full capacity has enough room. For no, a I do not think. I don't think there. that it does. No, I don't. I've seen. We got a carb load. I, I'm looking before. at your frame right now. You don't have the space for it. Um, <laughs> but you know who might have the space for it? Corbin Carroll, because I believe that man can do anything. There's nothing that he can't that's accomplish. Fair. Corbin Carroll currently leads all qualified rookies uh, in MLB in homers, slugging percentage, and OPS. But it's not just that, Jesse. He also leads Major League Baseball. Uh, regular players, just not just rookies, just all of Major League Baseball and in lots of other categories as well. Yeah, he does. It's it's just crazy what Corbin Carroll has done. I know he had, uh, you know, the mental mistake in the game yesterday, um, but 
he also hit a home run and drew a walk and still did Corbin Carroll things. And you know that those kind of mental mistakes are not the kinds of things that are going to happen often for him. As Tori talked about yesterday, he is maybe the most cerebral player on this team. And that's just, you know, an aberration. Um, well, you should have qualified that with National League. Uh, Aaron Judge okay. does have a higher OPS okay. than Corbin Carroll. But if we're just talking nationally, Corbin Carroll leads all of major are he leads the National League in uh, OPS and wins above replacement from both fan graphs and baseball reference. And Derek, we're at the point now where if the season ended today, it would be a mistake if Corbin Carroll did not win the NL MVP award. Uh, and it's still early, right? Uh, we're still mid June. Uh, but it is, it, I mean, he has been the best player in the national league so far. It's incredible. I think the one big thing to remember is that the diamondbacks, even with last night's terrible loss, uh, like you said, they still lead the National League. Uh, they're still the, the best record in the National League. The Braves are trying to change that. I think they might have just uh, just wrapped up a win over, the, they, Tigers. over the Tigers. They have a doubleheader Tigers, today. Tigers had three home runs in that game off of Spencer Strider yeah, at Spencer one point. Yeah, Spencer Strider is not, not, pitching, not pitching especially well right now. But the one key factor here, whether they're leading all of National League or just the National League West, is that uh, the, the MVP really should be about a player that that was the most valuable player to a team yeah. that is succeeding, right? We've seen that in the past where the Diamondbacks have had MVP candidates, but the knock was always, well, they didn't, they weren't good that year. So it's like, you really want to give it to someone like Paul Goldschmidt, even right. though the team didn't make the playoffs or something of the sort. I've uh, never been a big fan of those arguments. Like I think baseball is just the kind of sport where you very well can have one player who's just bonkers good and on the worst team sucks, yeah right? the worst team in Ask baseball the yeah. angels yeah, right the sure. angels know all about that sort of thing <laughs> he's right um so yeah i i've never really been a huge fan of those arguments anyway but yeah you can't make that argument against the diamondbacks right now uh they are the braves did win uh so as of this moment uh the diamondbacks are tied for the best record in the national league and corbin carroll has been their best player i think probably by a wide margin at this point so uh, still very early, but uh, it ha we are fully into this space where we're not talking about Corbin Carroll for Rookie of the Year as much as we're talking about Corbin Carroll for MVP because Rookie of the Year uh, still sort of feels like a foregone conclusion at this it, point. It seems like a fever dream that I am having that we are talking about this because uh, as much as we, we – I think there was a time where we were joking about it. Uh, we didn't expect Corbin Carroll to sincerely be in, in the National League – uh, MVP discussion. We didn't expect the Diamondbacks to be leading the NL West, even uh, let alone the entire National League. So I don't, I don't believe the Carey brothers for a second when they say like we're not at all surprised that Corbin Carroll is is this good. It's right? so hard not to be. You surprised. have to be at least a little surprised, right? Uh, I, I mean, obviously they saw what he was able to do firsthand and were immensely impressed with what they saw. And I think that and a lot of project, people, you could project all day that you think he's going to be a great player, but yeah. you have to be surprised once you start seeing him do it. And I mean, it's something that we brought up on the show before. There's something about Jesse and I kind of being around these guys and, and such that it's like Corbin Carroll's, he's just such a nice guy. He's just such an unassuming guy. Uh, Jesse talked about his frame as ISO being one of the, yeah, can Best. I give can I give that please, stat real quick? Would you yeah, so Corbin Carroll, this is this is we're going into full on nerd town here for a couple minutes. Uh, so ISO for people who don't know, it's isolated power. 
it's really simple. It's actually just the difference between your batting average and your slugging percentage. Slugging percentage is kind of a flawed stat for power because it inherently goes up if a hitter has a higher batting average. It's it's a lot. If you're a 300 hitter, it's much easier to have a 500 slugging percentage than if you're a 200 hitter. Correct. The 200 hitter in that instance actually has considerably more power. Uh, so ISO uh, sort of isolates just the power and takes away uh, the hitter's ability to just get on base a lot, essentially. Um, so Corbin Carroll has a 286 ISO uh, this season, and that is an insane number. Uh, 286 is, I mean, that would be good enough to be uh, probably top five, top 10 in baseball over the course of a full season. Um, and not only is that an incredible number, but Corbin Carroll is five foot 10, 165 pounds, right? He's not the guy who should be, you know, top five in the league in, in a stat that's all about your your raw power. Uh, granted, base running does factor into this because Corbin is turning singles into doubles and right. doubles into triples right. and whatnot. Um, but he's also hit 14 home runs. I mean, he really is showing that power. Uh, I did a search last night of all players who are uh, at or below Corbin Carroll's listed height and weight. So those being 5'10", 165. There has never been a player who has posted that high of an ISO over the course of a full season. There was one guy, I want to say it was back in... It was either it might have been the 70s. I think back in the 1970s, there was one player um, who had an ISO of 282, I think was the highest ever uh, by a player at or below Corbin Carroll's listed height and weight. So uh, just just unbelievable what he's accomplishing, not just from a number standpoint, but considering uh, how small of a human being he actually is. Uh, and we were lucky enough to chat with Corbin Carroll yesterday, and you guys have been waiting for it. So here is our conversation with the best outfielder in all of baseball. For PHNX, I'm Derek Montia, formerly your mayor of PHNX. I'm here today with Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder Corbin Carroll. Uh, Corbin, thank you so much uh, for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Uh, your your parents, by the way, uh, terrific people. We, we adore them, so send our regards. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, have they, I know they're probably still giving you like life advice, but are they still giving you baseball advice at this point? Are you still getting those text messages? My mom is for sure. Um, <laughs> You know, dad. Dad's never really been that guy. No. Um, no. But uh, yeah, mom. Mom will definitely make her input known. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good weekend for me. I got my uh, my mom's parents coming out here tomorrow from Houston, and then my dad's gonna come out as well. So yeah, just definitely tight with them. And uh, you know, you you said it. They're just they're incredible people and super just fortunate to to grow up in a household with them. What were you like as a kid? Did you? have uh, any of these kind of traits that that would lead you to believe to have the success at, at the point you're having it or uh were you just constantly focused on baseball um you know I, I played a bunch of sports um you know baseball was always the main one but uh you know wasn't wasn't my only focus until probably about sophomore year um and then it was just just you know school baseball um mom always liked to say school comes first right yeah. um but yeah i mean in terms of traits i guess i've always been a little bit on the obsessive side or like if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do it all the way 
So I'd say that there would be some examples of that probably growing up, but um, that's probably the main one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've talked a bit about how much you're committed to this game, and we know we saw you, even during an injury, kind of spend your time really wisely and efficiently sitting with the scouts. And I just wanted to – I was always curious about that. Like, what was a big takeaway for you? Like, did you have any epiphanies or anything like that of sitting with them, or was it just kind of like small pieces of information that kind of helped you in your game? Uh, both. Um, the the big one was was the, you know kind of seeing that major league baseball players aren't perfect. Um, seeing the guys at this level make mistakes. I think that's that's important. Um, as a minor league player, it kind of feels like those guys are you know on this pedestal, right? And and just on this this different tier from you. And I think in a lot of people's eyes, maybe at least in mine, um, you know, you kind of just you think these guys are perfect. And being able to be up here, um, out here for maybe 60 games or so, I saw. I mean, it was 2021, right? So I saw I saw plenty of mistakes (laughs) um, on on both sides of the ball, uh, you know, on ours and theirs. But yeah, just I think you see that the players, the best players, are the ones who who respond um, and don't let those bad outcomes um, you know kind of impact future um, and then also little parts of the game as well you know sitting with uh, with Gardy um, Jeff Gardner uh, he was doing advanced scouting for us at the time sitting with him great baseball mind uh, experienced a manager a player on this the scouting side now so tons of little just details from him um. What uh, is your relationship with Tori Lavallo like? It feels like you guys have a good relationship, and it feels like Tori has been um, had a good relationship with obviously everybody on the team, but especially with you young guys kind of coming up. How how has he been kind of instrumental in your transition from being a minor leaguer to to an everyday major league player? Yeah, he's been uh, he's been super important. It's just he's always made me feel very comfortable. Um, you know, the first. Within the first couple of days of getting to Arizona, uh, got to got to meet him, and that was our, our first interaction there. Was was here, and then even even throughout my minor league career, um, going through that injury, you know, he, he'd always check in. He'd either stop by Salt River, a phone call, a text, whatever it was. And so I think that's just a big part of, of who he is. He's a player's manager. Um, he makes you feel valued. He makes you feel um, welcomed and. I've, you know, I, I think it's been huge for me. Who else in the clubhouse kind of, I mean, not necessarily became a mentor for you, but was there anybody that kind of like uh, helped you out or, or kind of welcomed you to the, the team when you got here and maybe gave you some tips or, or some pieces of advice? Um, none that really come to mind. This year, definitely, there have been some some super, um, you know, important veterans for me who've been around the game, seen it all, and um, you know, Evan Longoria, um, Nick Ahmed, um, Walk, Rojas, just just all those guys have been um, really great for us younger players, and I think just helped even out the, the highs and lows that we've gone through so far. Uh, you bring up the younger players, Jake McCarthy, actually being uh, one of one of our favorite guys as well. And I know you guys are kind of close, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, first of all, uh, I need to settle this. Uh, I know you kind of stepped away from the game, but could you still wipe the floor with most of your teammates in Fortnite? 
Fortnite. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. That, yeah, that, <laughs> a lot of practice. Shoot, yeah, that PS4 hasn't been turned on in a little while. But uh, kind of got more important things going on right now. I understand that. Yeah, we're trying to win ball games. Yeah, but right. No, uh, you know, I think, I think. I think most people have moved on to more of some, some Call of Duty yeah. now. Yeah, Call of Duty, nice. Uh, what, what's Jake like, and what's your relationship with him been like and, and being here together? Yeah, Jake's one of the funnier guys in the clubhouse. I'm always keeping it light. Uh, we've had some pretty intense chess battles going on the last <laughs> couple months. Um, but he's he's awesome. You know, a guy that I met in... In 2020, we rehab, or sorry, 2019, we rehabbed for a little bit together, but I, I really got to know him more in 2020, and, um, you know, just a, a great player. I think that he does so many things on the field so well, and I think, you know, when he got called back up within those first three games, I think he stole five bases or something yeah. like that. It was just... just you know, he kind of operates on a different level out there. It felt it felt like the minute he returned, you guys kind of returned back to that creating chaos on the base path. And I know part of it, you you had that injury, and they were kind of being it's a little careful with you. But uh, it felt like once he returned, uh, that it was back to uh, causing a little bit of that uh, those problems for opposing teams. Oh, for sure. I think you saw that. Uh that play he I don't even know what you'd call what he ran out there yesterday oh, yeah. with triple I mean but yeah he's just he he can create something out of nothing and that's a very unique skill yeah um, and does I mean is it is it more meaningful to you to be here and doing this now with guys like him like Dre guys that you've played with in the minor leagues and kind of doing it together yes um, I think so I think I think that's one of our Things I think that's one of the things we can look at as an advantage that we've created those relationships in the minor leagues and kind of gone through those the, through the rungs together. Um, I think that's yeah. I think that can be an advantage. Uh, you brought up chess. Uh, can you can you give us a breakdown of the chess hierarchy in the clubhouse? Who's uh, who's kind of at the top of the hill with chess right now? So Rojas is definitely up there. Really? Yeah, the, the chess players are Rojas, Pavin. Um, Jake, Longo will get on there every once yeah. in a while, and it's it's Walks board, but he, he he's kind of I don't know he no. won't he won't play too much, but, yeah. But he, he snuck a couple games in there I think in the beginning, but yeah, just all all good fun. You guys seem to be having fun, and you guys are a lot of fun to watch. I feel like that's uh, a big part of your guys' success this season has been able to just kind of have fun. Um, but I do know that Tori talked about kind of a mindset changing where you guys kind of come into the clubhouse every day knowing you can win versus at one point the clubhouse mindset was more of like oh, we hope we don't lose kind of deal. And do you kind of feel that now with confidence growing and the success of this team? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think every day we show up with – you know, big goals, um, both individually and and as a team, as a unit. Um, you know, we've just we've got so many players that can change a game, and all it takes is you know a, a few of them to. And some pretty some pretty cool things happen out there, and it seems like right now it's been more than just a few things click, a few people clicking. And, um, you know, it's just it feels like every game that we're in, we've we've got a more than the fighting shot. Yeah, and, and it feels like you guys always find a way to win, and it's different ways all the time, but you've been a big part of that. And I know uh, your success this season, you still have a long ways to go, but what would it mean to you uh, to make your first All-Star game and have it be in Seattle uh, where you grew up? And, and I am pandering to you a bit uh, with the shirt I'm wearing today. <laughs> no, I mean, 
to be to be pretty frank, that would mean uh, that that would be one of the coolest things in my career. I, I think um, to to have you know a, a first All Star game in in your home city, get family friends there watching you. That would that would be really special to me. Well, we thank you so much for your time, and we wish you the best. Uh, we hope you guys continue the success you've been on. Awesome, thank you. Thank Sweet. you, brother. Appreciate yeah. you. That was great guy. Great guy, outstanding individual, and uh, we both are a bit surprised when he said that they moved on from Fortnite, that he meant to, like, you know, other more adult things, and then he just <laughs> followed it up with saying Call of Duty, which is, again, fantastic. They're all kids at heart, right, Derek? And, kids and at heart? They're okay, kids at right? age, Jesse. Are you yeah. kidding me? These are <laughs> still fair. children compared to my old ass, but uh, I do love them a lot, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for his success, his continued success. He is a very humble guy. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't like to talk about his own successes that much, but he really does love baseball and he loves what this team is doing right now. I think we can all agree with that, with the exception of uh, of, of of a few people uh, in the chat. Mo, I'm talking to you. Of course, you're not <laughs> a fan of his success, but uh, I will say that uh, we uh, very much have a chance to see this guy maybe do some magical stuff this season. Yeah, you can you can just so see in in this interview. I know. Uh, you know, you might you might see Corbin at at times, you know, maybe it looks like he doesn't he doesn't love the spotlight too much. He doesn't love the attention. And there's probably some truth to that. I don't, <laughs> I don't think Corbin really likes talking about himself all that much. Uh, but when you can get him talking about just his relationship with uh, with other players on this team, especially Jake McCarthy, you can see that those guys have a, you know, a really deep bond. Um, it's, and, it's awkward to get asked some of the questions that he's been asked, by the way. Like when you win <laughs> National League Player of the Week, they're like, how does it feel? Good? I mean, like that's yeah. kind of his answer. And I mean, I don't know. It was very relatable because I don't know how I would answer that other than good, right? Like it's – Yeah, I mean, it's, that's it's, fair. It feels like it's nice to be acknowledged for the work that you've done and the effort that you've given. But at the same time – it's it's just it's just one weekly award thing. It's it almost feels like when you work an office job and they give you the certificate for like getting a hundred percent on your quality calls or whatever. You're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. What and then to do. being asked about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, asked about, <laughs> how does how do you feel, you feel about getting hundred percent on your quality calls? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. But uh, I I do enjoy um, watching him play baseball. And honestly, like Corbin is one of those guys that he's just a very sincere human being. Like, yeah, I, I think that's the reason why sometimes like he's so thoughtful and he wants to give good answers. Uh, and he doesn't really want to like say something that I think is going to is is necessarily going to be made into a bigger deal at times when he just really wants to concentrate on baseball. The obsessive comment though was so interesting to me because he's called himself that uh, and not just that interview, but uh, at other times. And I mean, <laughs> he really does say, uh, like, I think we had Jake McCarthy say that, that when like baseball became his life, that was his life. And I think it's illustrated by the fact that when he was injured and instead of taking any time off to go play Fortnite, uh, he instead hung out with scouts and got better mentally and, and just understood the game of baseball better. If you're a fan of the Diamondbacks, you should probably have a Corbin Carroll jersey in your closet somewhere, right? Like Absolutely. the Diamond, he is signed to a long-term Absolutely. extension. He's not going anywhere. He is currently the rightful favorite for the NL MVP award at the age of 22. Uh, he is an outstanding individual he's off gonna the be, field. He's going to be here for a long time. He's going to be here for a long time. He is one of the smartest players in the game. 
Did I mention he's 22 years old? He's 22, I think I did, by the but way. I'm going to say it again. 22. He's 22 yeah, years he's old. 22. It is absolutely incredible what Corbin Carroll has managed to do at such a young age uh, on this Diamondbacks team. And Derek, he's going to be here next year. He's going to be here in 2025. He's going to be here in 26, in 27, in 28, in 29, in 2030. Uh, the Diamondbacks have a club option in 2031 that it looks like they're very likely to pick up at this point. You don't say. <laughs> you should probably start becoming an enormous Corbin Carroll fan yeah. if you're a fan of the Diamondbacks and if you're just an Arizona sports fan in general. I'm not sure there's a more likable young athlete in this state right now than Corbin Carroll. And honestly, I know we're going to circle back to this discussion, but there is a lot to be said about the Diamondbacks extending him prior to this season. Because yes. should oh, he win my that Rookie of the Year award, <laughs> should he win should that he National win League MVP, MVP award? That his contract, Derek, <laughs> might start with a three. I don't know if I you mean, could seriously. get Corbin Carroll for Julio Rodriguez money if he actually continues what he's doing right now. It's wild. And, and you know, you know, it, it yeah, I, I the Diamondbacks clearly made a very smart decision in signing him when they did, because frankly, even at this point, it's only been two and a half months of the season. But if they started those conversations right now, the Diamondbacks may very well be priced out oh, already. Jesse. Speaking as someone that has been with their spouse for a very long time, sometimes you just understand that you've outkicked your coverage and you need to lock it down as soon as possible. <laughs> you need to put a ring on that finger and you need to keep them long term. And that's exactly what the before Diamondbacks did. Are mine. Quick. <laughs> be quick before she learns the real me. Uh, but anyway, speaking of circling back, circle back to your Circle K wherever you are in the Valley. Uh, check out your local Circle K for the best coffee beer and snack selection, and premium gas. Of course, you can stock up uh, and do what uh, little Leah Merrill says in the in the video, and that is get yourself a Polar Pop inside and enjoy it. Of course, you can get iced coffee for just $1.89, Red Bulls three for $8, Monsters three for $6, and so much more. And again, do not sleep on Circle K snacks. And when I say Circle K snacks, I mean Circle K branded snacks. They are delicious. They save you money, and they are uh, better than anything else that's comparable in the store. So make sure you're not missing on all that, uh, out on all this great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get yourself a buy one, get one free offer excuse me, on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Uh, and Rachel in the, Rach in the Super Chat, $10 Super Chat. Thank you so much. It's a great interview and episode. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you Aww. so much. We appreciate that. Uh, Jan says commit before she smartens up. Hey, that was the exact game plan, Jan, of course. <laughs> uh, so I did my best there. But also while you're at Circle K, of course, they have a wonderful beer selection. But make sure you get the best beer in the Valley. Make sure you get Four Peaks. Sports are just better with the Four Peaks in your hand. And they are the official craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks. If you go out to Chase Field... Hop over to the Four Peaks Draft Room located on the suite level and check out all the wonderful beers they have to offer there. They have a gigantic selection of Four Peaks beers there, so make sure to check that out. Join us for our D-backs takeovers where we will be meeting in the Four Peaks Draft Room before every game. Check out the events page in our show notes to find dates and tickets. And, of course, follow them over at Four Peaks Brew or go to fourpeaks.com slash events to stay up to date on everything Four Peaks has to offer, including their Four Peaks for Teachers promotion, which right now you can nominate a teacher to win a uh, 11 $1,000 cash grants, and one lucky teacher could win a teacher's lounge 
renovation provided by Four Peaks. So go over to fourpeaksforteachers.org to nominate, donate, or reserve your kit. And of course, uh, do that soon because that will be closing very shortly. Uh, you can also thank a teacher, uh, excuse me, uh, you can also, uh, if you are a teacher, check out their 8th Street Pub. Every Tuesday through July, you bring a valid teacher ID and receive $4 pints of Kilt Lifter, Wow Hazy, and Hop Knot. Uh, so check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and please drink responsibly. It is power rankings time, folks, because Major League Baseball, things things are things are shaken up in the Major League Baseball world. And we are ready to take a look at where the Arizona Diamondbacks fall on our power rankings. That's all we care about here is where the D-backs are at. <laughs> uh, and the D-backs are up three spots, three spots uh, to fifth. They might be fifth on our power rankings, but they're still number one in your hearts. And, of course, still very little movement up there at the top. But, Jesse, explain the Braves being third. Explain the Braves. Can I talk about the Diamondbacks no, first, Derek? No, I no? need an explanation about the Braves being third first, and then we'll get to the Diamondbacks. Why did you have them moving up after uh, after what some could consider a, a tough week for them? Uh, they were okay this week. I mean, they were like four and two, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess la last week I took all the flack in the world for having the Dodgers above the Diamondbacks. How and now, dare you? now I guess I'm going to take flack for having the Braves over the Correct. Diamondbacks. Correct. Um, although as of this moment, the Braves and the Diamondbacks do have identical records. Uh, the Braves have a, you know, they, the Braves have a significantly better run differential than, than the Diamondbacks. And, uh, they're really banged up right now, but I think once they get Max Freed in particular back from injury, I think that really changes their outlook considerably. Fair enough. Uh, they are kind of uh, their their pitching staff in particular is uh, operating at about 60 or 70 percent right now uh, without Freed. Kyle Wright is also out for them. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the Braves are the team I picked to win the World Series uh, coming into the season. And I still I still believe in them, even though things haven't been. Uh, I mean, things have still been pretty good <laughs> for the Braves recently. Uh, but yes, the Diamondbacks are ahead of the Dodgers this Let's week. Let's go! Not, Top not five, having, baby! Top not having five. those conversations again. Uh, the Dodgers had a, had a bit of a tough week. They've lost six of their last ten games. Um, you know, I still think that when the Dodgers get healthy, I still think they are... Uh, a very formidable team, frankly. Um, but they also have some some flaws, right? I mean, the Dodgers bullpen uh, has one of the worst ERAs in the sport right now. I think they have a number of guys who are underperforming back there. I, I'm a little bit skeptical that you know some of the relievers last year who were who were so incredibly good for them are just all of a sudden terrible. I don't really buy into that fully. Um, but yeah, the D-backs, the D-backs deserve to be in front of the Dodgers at, at this point, just given how the Dodgers have played recently. Yeah. And we got the angels moving into 10th place there. Uh, that makes three American league West teams in your top 10 now making them a formidable foe. Uh, but rightfully so the Rangers, Astros and angels are all pretty good. The angels are seven games over 500 and they're third in their division. That's yeah. kind of crazy when you look around baseball and see some of these other divisions and 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 what the what the leaders look like compared to a few divisions. I mean, even the National League West that we predicted was going to be, you know, a very good division this year, especially considering how often we played non-division opponents. Uh, it's not really working out that way. The National League West, I mean, you got the Giants yeah. in third. The Giants have actually been playing some pretty good baseball uh as of late as well they so have. it's like it's like they're not only do you have the looming padres which you never know when they're going to catch fire and just be an unstoppable juggernaut but you have the san francisco giants also playing some pretty good baseball so the diamondbacks still have some tough opponents in their division right now they can't can't really let off uh let off the gas too much but 
uh, the Angels, they've been very good. Uh, and honestly, also in the American League West, uh, Sean DePaz's best team in baseball right now, the Oakland Athletics. So, I mean, yeah, there that's, you go. That's a, that's there you a go. tough that's a tough division. Right. Did there. you know that the Oakland A's no longer have the worst record in baseball? Uh, the Kansas City Royals. No kidding. For all of the flack that the A's have taken all season long about what an embarrassment that team is, the Kansas City Royals actually have a worse record at this point at 18 and 49. And unfortunately for the Kansas City Royals, they also just lost Vinny Pasquantino for the yeah, season yeah. Uh, due to a, a labrum surgery that I think he's he's going to have. So uh, unfortunate news there for the Royals. But yeah, uh, you know, who, who knows, Derek, maybe the maybe the A's will pop up at number 10 or something. Don't look week. now, but this <laughs> is over 59 and a half wins future. It's not looking so bad now. It's, it's not on looking the way so bad. Up. Seven and three in their last Everybody 10. Everybody was making fun of Damon before the season started. <laughs> and now the A's are the hottest team in, in the game. I've seen some people posting the. you remember the clip from Moneyball? Where you know, oh, yeah. oh yes, <laughs> they're talking about the win streak, yeah. right? the twenty game win streak, and uh, and so people have been posting that about it's, this year's A's team. Who knows, Derek? Could you imagine? Kiss. What's crazy is that if the A's did win twenty games in a row, they would still be thirty two and fifty. Oh they my would God. still they're be just, absolutely. They terrible. haven't won twenty games all season long yet. So. <laughs> I mean, going seven and three in their last 10 was the majority of their wins. And we are in the month of June. So, no, I don't know. I still don't know about your win total over there. But I am ready to completely give up on the St. Louis Cardinals. Time of death, one uh, fifty-five p.m. <laughs> Wednesday, June 14th. Cardinals are 27 and 42. I think they might have lost. Uh, is that after today's yeah, game? Yeah, I think they lost again. Yeah, today. they probably need to start thinking about selling. So, hey, let's pick the carcass of the St. Louis Cardinals. Give us Goldie back. Give us Goldie back. There was a there was a story on MLB.com that ran today about why the Cardinals should trade Paul Goldschmidt and what teams might be interested in. Please acquiring tell me the him. Diamondbacks. Were the Diamondbacks were not on the list, which I don't think I don't think anyone who I, I don't know if you're not intimately involved in the Diamondbacks organization, you're probably not viewing the Diamondbacks as a candidate there because Christian Walker is already a pretty good first He's baseman. It's pretty not really. Good. Christian Walker is the best defensive first baseman in all Major League Baseball. Yeah, and Paul Goldschmidt is a pretty good defender himself. So it would be a little odd to bring in Paul Goldschmidt and have him DH all the time. Um, But yeah, I mean, mean, Mike Hazen talked about a week ago or so that he wanted to add a big power bat into this lineup somehow, some way. I don't think the Diamondbacks are going to trade for Paul Goldschmidt, but maybe there's, you know, maybe the Diamondbacks would make that phone call and, and you know, kind of see what his market looks like. But yeah, the Cardinals, uh, things just have not, you just kind of kept thinking that things would turn around and they just don't. I still think that. I still think that. Yeah, like, it's like, know. yeah, well, surely the Cardinals will still come back and win the division. But as I said last week, the the problem is that the Cardinals, no matter how good their roster looks... They lose every single day, Derek. <laughs> it really feels like a, they there, do. There comes a point when like that's a problem and you're 27 and 42 and you've dug such an enormous hole for yourselves that, I mean, they would have to be like 30 games over 500 the rest of the way in order to have a shot at making the playoffs. That's a pretty tall ask at this point. And it just seems like the Reds are red hot right now and really could end up winning that National League Central. Yeah. Just because, I mean, they have a lot of young, exciting players. Ellie De La Cruz has given that team an injection of like excitement and uh, that I, yeah. I can't even I can't even express. Like we've talked about him. We've talked about him potentially being a rookie of the year candidate. But, you know, we we said based on the numbers, we'll probably see him regress a bit. It doesn't matter. It's 
It's what guys like him. Sometimes guys have terrible numbers, but they are an absolute catalyst for a team getting better just because of their energy. Josh Rojas, again, just absolutely electric with having terrible numbers at times, right? Like Josh <laughs> Rojas is the disruptor. Once he gets on base, once he gets in the batter's box, once he's on field, you know, he's, once start, he's on the mound, once he's on the mound, <laughs> throwing 44 mile an hour curveballs, you know, shit's going to happen. Right. But no, I mean, all, all jokes aside, even with that terrible loss, we talked about what a good job Tori and Josh Rojas did of kind of, popping the boys a bit and like making it kind of something where you're going to forget the loss a little bit easier when you're kind of laughing about what Josh Rojas did on the mound, uh, his comical post game interview yes. where he talked about working with Strami and we're going to post that whole interview on YouTube, by it's the way, absolute gold I, and it needs I really to be do think it's worth your two and a half minutes. It's, pretty funny. <laughs> it's, it's worth more time than that. That's for sure. You might have to watch it over. A few that's times right. That's before right. You really get your fill. Uh, but again, the Arizona diamondbacks still, I mean, even, that, that's the thing is there's there's going to be losses. It's a 162-game season. There's going to be bad losses at times. But it, it's how they find a way to flush that loss and bounce back. Having Rojas come in, and even if it, even if it made the lead or the, the, the game even worse, uh, it just kind of made it different for these guys so that they can kind of laugh about it, uh, kind of chalk it up to them all making a whole bunch of mistakes last night. Moving on. We got Merrill Kelly on the mound today. And I'm fairly confident that we'll see this team play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after what happened yesterday. Uh, but, I mean, this Phillies team, this Phillies team is still very good. Before we started the series, Jesse had told me privately, not on the show, that he was concerned because obviously the Phillies were on a roll. And yeah. we know, and, and that's what we've seen. Like, again, you can't get too high even on that first game win because even though they came back, that there were a lot of runs scored in that game. There were a lot more runs scored yesterday, and hopefully we will see... The Diamondbacks kind of temper that, even though I went with the over bet on today's game. So they've scored, yeah, the Phillies have scored 23 runs uh, over the first two games in the series. Don't like that. Uh, granted, four of those were, were Josh Rojas and his 36 ERA. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some of these guys, like uh, oddly enough, Bryce Harper actually hasn't done a whole lot yet in this series. It's been all JT Romuto who reaches every single time he comes up to the plate, apparently. Uh, Trey Turner's had a decent series, couple stolen bases, of course, in the game yesterday. And even some of the hitters at the bottom of this Phillies lineup, Bryson Stotts had a good series so far. Josh Harrison had a couple Stott, hits in, in, that, in that first game. Uh, Cody Clemens was the guy who uh, seemingly had given the Phillies uh, a lead in the ninth <laughs> inning in Monday's game yeah. until we watched the replay and realized that that ball was, was clearly, clearly foul, foul. And I don't really clearly know how foul. there was ever any confusion about it. But for a hot second, it looked like the Phillies had, had taken the lead. I mean, are we really questioning umpires being able to see things correctly? Are we really doing that? Come on. We're not going to do that. They're trying but. their best, Eric. You, you have to be nice, all right? I don't think all of them are trying their best, but we'll see. Uh, one thing you can do is try your best to give your kids a fun summer, and there's a couple of ways to do that. Of course, one way is to go to Octane Raceway and Mavericks, uh, where this summer they have a summer engineering camp through July 31st, uh, partnered with engineering for kids for ages 7 through 15. It's a great way for them to spend their summer not only having fun but learning. Uh, they can also check out 
free bowling all summer at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. Uh, kids bowl free program. Children 15 and under are eligible for two free games each day. So don't that's wild. Don't let that's the kids sit around and do deal. nothing. I get I get tired after two games. I mean, uh, that's yeah. that's all I need. Give me no a- child has the patience for more than two games anyway. So <laughs> that's the truth. They're gonna be that's hitting up the arcades. Yeah, before, for sure. Before too. Long. Oh, that's so hard too to be over here bowling when there's all that ding 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 yeah, ding ding going right, on over the there. All that all the flashing lights. So uh, you could book some fun this spring at Octane Raceway. I'm spring. It's summertime. Uh, book some fun this summer at Octane Raceway Mavericks. Kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag throwing bowling arcade great food drinks and more tons of different events throughout the summer check out octaneraceway.com and mavericks.com to learn more and also if you want to get out to some shows some concerts and most importantly some arizona diamondbacks games check out our friends at game time game time is the last place or the place for last minute ticket deals it's for us procrastinators uh, for us to finally have our 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 revenge against people that, that are good at planning i'm terrible at planning I have a trip. I, I can I can confirm that. Uh, yeah, you know? he is. He he works with me every single day. He has to deal with me planning this show. Uh, I don't even know when I'm going to pack for my trip where I'm leaving on Friday. Uh, probably Friday around two o'clock. I'm is very when I'll start much the same way. I yeah. I actually almost enjoy like the adrenaline rush that I get from packing. You are like, in the twenty minutes psychopath. as I as I'm about to head <laughs> you to the are psychopath, it's, but, it's great. Uh, don't be like him. Well, actually, yeah, be like him. Procrastinate. Uh, go over to Game Time. Get your tickets last minute. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, Skeletor the Great says, I use GameTime for my visit in July. Excellent. Uh, and I hope I hope you got He-Man that time, but we'll see. <laughs> I'd, love a, I'd love a report back on that. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter. Again, We big shout-out to Corbin Carroll. Big shout-out to Stefan and Chris Carey for joining us. Uh, we thank all of those guys for, for their time. And, of course, we thank you for your time. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Sean DePaz, who's not with us today, he's a little sick. We kicked him the fuck out of here because he's blowing his <laughs> nose. Why was and, he here in the first place? Why was he here in the first place? I couldn't <laughs> believe I sat next to him in a closed room last night being sick. But you can follow him at Sean underscore DePaz. Of course, the man behind the keyboard is the one and only Damon. Uh, Damon, uh, you can get him on Twitter at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G at the end. You got bark at the end. But, of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. And all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate your time again. On behalf of Jesse and Damon, we thank you so much for stopping by. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when Josh Rojas mixes up his pitches. <laughs>